0: Hey, welcome to the Uncommon Life Podcast, the show where Lewis, Rich and myself delve into topics that are helping us build towards being in the best shape and health of our lives. It's fair to say that we're quite far into that journey. That said, we're changing our minds on various topics as we learn more about ourselves, and there's also some things that we each find uniquely challenging. Our hope is that you can relate to some of our journeys and challenges, and that you find it inspiring and useful as you build towards being in the best shape and health of your life. Alright, episode four. No Rich this week, I'm pretty sure he's lying by a beach right now. But you do have Lewis and myself and we're gonna be talking about injuries. If you're training hard, it's almost inevitable that you're gonna run into getting injured at some point, especially as you get older. We cover what we feel are seven of the most common mistakes that can lead to injury. And we also share some tips and tricks that have helped us reduce the risk of getting injured ourselves. Alright, let's jump into the episode. cool so we're back for episode four who, who would have thought it and we don't have rich this week um, yeah so it's somewhere in the sun
1: people will be so happy to hear that <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so so we thought we would uh, rather than skip a week we thought we would uh do a little one between just the two of us and and focus a little bit around injuries um which you know everybody at some point has to deal with injuries i think depending on where you are on the spectrum of it you know some people seem to get injured a lot right like that's me (laughs) like i i i seem to be very very injury prone some people not at all like it sounds like lewis you'll probably be on perhaps closer towards the other end of the spectrum where you haven't dealt with loads of injuries but you have dealt with a little bit here or there um so i think yeah uh, we've got kind of a list of things which um hopefully we can chat about which you know uh, either like the sort of common mistakes that people make that get injured um and or just you know what are the also the types of things that you can do to help kind of um, avoid injury or at least like reduce the risk of it, which you know usually creeps up as a risk factor the older you get, which is which I definitely have found that you know in my forties I'm definitely more open and vulnerable to injuries than I was in my twenties. That's for sure. Even though across the board, I think I've probably been fairly high risk as, a, as just a general person. <laughs> I don't know if you found that good. too.
1: That's that's why we well that's why we're doing this, this pod, podcast episode now, right? Because we're old boys. We're all boys, we're in our 40s. Yeah. And uh, we're injury prone. We've got to be a lot more careful and sensible now. We're not the indestructible yep. Wolverines that we once were. So, yep, uh, yep. you know, we've got to be a lot more mindful and tactical with how we approach our training so that we don't end up being injured for three weeks
0: in a go. Well we've also talked about uh, like this comes up in every podcast consistency is the most important thing and i don't think there's yeah. anything that causes you to be inconsistent more than being injured right like i've i've been out like last year um no it a year before i was out for about six months where i could only really do walking and yeah, it, it, you know but even if you're just out for a month and you know, you then have to work for two or three weeks to get back to where you are. That's six, seven, eight weeks over the course of a of a year. That's a big chunk out of your uh, consistency, right? So, I think yeah. the more you can kind of um navigate some of the risks with being injured, the the yeah. better it is for your consistency. And you know, a common theme in this whole podcast is consistency is everything, whatever way. Yeah. You look. Um. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, I think the one thing as I as I start to think a little bit about you know the areas that we can touch on that can help people think about how to avoid injuries as well it made me realize as well that you know everybody's going to be ve- it's, it's going to be very very individual for people um actually i realize i'm on i'm definitely on the more injury prone side of things so i have like quite a few things that i think i can suggest but that's just me right I, and then the way that i've I've kind of been able to navigate it is I tend to then drift towards a very conservative side to try and avoid some of the risk. Um, but I think everybody's going to be different and some of these things aren't necessarily going to apply and then other things will. And then even when, even on some of them, um, people are going to find, well, look, I only need to do a little bit there or I'm going to need to go all the way over to the conservative side of that one because uh, I think that they're all quite individual. So that's probably just one thing to take into account as we talk about these things. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're all valid for you and each one of them can be valid in a different way depending on where you're at in your life, i.e. whether you're 20, whether you're 40 or whether you have some specific issues that just make you more vulnerable to injury. Okay.
1: So I was just going to add something to your intro there, that it really yep. depends on um, what you're doing as well. So a couple of the injuries that I've had, I, I have twisted my ankles or rolled my ankles more than like 10 times. And that yeah. was every time from playing football. And so I think it depends what you're doing. If you're playing football on a weekly basis or like twice a week, and it's something you really enjoy doing, then there's not yep. really much you can do to minimize that and be really honest. So I used to play on some really shit fields where there's just holes and divots everywhere and it wasn't even a tackle and you just get injured and it's like, there's nothing you can do about it. So if you're playing a specific sport where it's high impact or it's that kind of thing, there's not really a huge amount you can do and it's just going to be like just part, part of the, the sport that you're doing. But there are things, if you're just training, so if you're just trying yeah. to do it for longevity, fitness, health, and you're going to the gym and you're lifting a few weights or if you're doing your weight vest workouts or your body weight, whatever it is, then I think this is where probably we can share a few ideas around how, how to try and mitigate injury for just the normal workouts as opposed to sport specific stuff, which is a lot more high, int- high intensity, which is more injury prone.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly that, exactly that. And I think most, yeah, most of what we probably end up talking about, like you said, is, uh, <laughs> is more around the training side of things. So, well, look, let's jump in. Like, I've got one to chuck into the mix, which I have found really, really, really useful um, for me over the last few years, Um, which is, I think, one of the biggest mistakes I've made and I see other people make is not warming up properly.
1: Yeah. Um, You you do your marathon warm-up, don't you?
0: Sometimes. um, But (laughs) but, you're you're right. It can can be like sometimes I will joke and say, well, hold on a minute. You said you were going to go and train for about an hour and and a bit and you were gone for two and a quarter hours. And I'm like... Yeah, yeah, but I still did only train for about an hour and a quarter hours, but I ended up doing a forty-five minute warm up, right? And it just blended yeah. into the warm up. But that's me going like really kind of OCD about it. But look, yeah. the key thing for me is that um, now on the minimum, um, I would do a ten to fifteen minute dynamic warm up, and that's yeah. usually kind of like five to six exercises. Yeah. Um, the the goal there is to get the blood moving. You know, get warm to do a general warm-up, but also to do some things that are going to help increase your range of motion and help you get warmed up for what you're doing in that particular session. And that's the absolute minimum non-negotiable I'll do. And at the end of it, I always feel so much better. I'm warmer, I'm looser, and my range of motion is so different at the beginning versus the end. Like sometimes I will, you know, go down into a kind of like a lunge position and I'm like, you know my arms going down to the floor and then i'm stretching up like that and i will be like oh it's just super awkward to 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 kneel down onto the floor and i can't get much range of motion as i as i lift my arm to the top (laughs) by the time that the 10 or 15 minutes is finished i'm feeling like so much more free and that makes a big difference you know when you're when you're actually hitting the exercises for real to have that extended range of motion i think in the past my injuries have come from being tight and cold um so I think I think that's big for me. But then, like you say, my marathon one is if I have the time to spare, remember that I always seem to think I have the time to spare and then it tells me that the time wasn't there to spare. So I usually get it wrong, right? So where where um, have you been, Daniel? Exactly. Dinner time. Um, yeah, But it will be a 20 minute walk and then I'll come back and I'll do you know, five or 10 minutes on the bike just to kind of get even warmer. And then I'll do some hip mobility usually because hips is just very specifically the thing for me that's usually tight across the board. And then I'll go into a dynamic warm up for 10 or 15 minutes. But you're right, that can sometimes take 45 minutes. So it's that on the long side. It's just a dynamic warm up on the short side. But I mean, I would just never, ever, ever go into a, a workout now where I didn't at least do a 10 to 15 minute dynamic warm up because you feel so much better when you go into it. And you really notice it when you do the movements. And I think as I reflect back, I realized that, like, you know, lots of my little twinges come from just being too cold and, and having um, not having the range of motion to attack the exercise
1: so a, a couple of extra questions that i'd ask then is so there's two questions that i'm gonna ask on that the dynamic warm-up you do what does mm. it involve and is it is it the same exercises every time what does it differ and i think the second thing which i think would be good to kind of dive into is the type of injuries that you've had So you said that you've had quite a few injuries. What type of injuries is it? And you were out for six months as well, which is a fair, like, that's a long time. So it must have been pretty serious. So I think probably quite good just to explore what they were and how you've alleviated them, the difference it makes. Because when people hear a 45-minute warm-up, like, honestly, for me, it's like, that's a workout, mate. It's like, uh, as a rich joke, right? But but the reason why you're doing it is because you have had some really bad injuries. You don't want to be injured again. And now you're really making the time to make sure that if you're going to do a workout, you're going to be really warm because you don't want to be injured because you were out for six months. So I think there's a bit of context in there behind that.
0: Yeah, Yeah? for sure. And like I said at the beginning, the caveat is this is all individual. I am quite high risk on, on, on the injury side. Therefore, I tend to play it on the much more conservative side because I want to completely reduce the risk as much as possible as to not kind of disrupt consistency so uh, you know um there, there's that to bear in mind the reason i'm looking down is i'm just grabbing my phone from the warm-up i did for my full body session the other day and it's yeah. 60 yeah. seconds on the bike at an easy yeah. pace 10 slow seated body weight good mornings with no weight yeah. at all um 30 seconds front rack march which is basically dumbbells in this position just like marching um so there's a lot of core and and and, and upper there um 10 slow seated twists with a pvc pipe so again you are kind of getting uh, range of motion through twists. the twists yes yeah, right, so you sit onto okay. a bench with the pvc yeah. pipe behind your your neck and you're you twisting twist. until it yeah. feels tight and then back around again yeah and then 10 cat cows um yeah. and 10 ring rows and i did that three times and it took 15 minutes um and then, and then yesterday that was the only thing i did so you can see there that like there was i was going to be doing things like for example, my workout was heels elevated, dumbbell front squat, walking lunge, Z press, which is kind of like a seated um, barbell press, um, seated like L sit on the floor, um, barbell press, Romanian deadlift, and then I got into a circuit of ring rows, push ups, lat raises. So that so that warm up is is basically getting me super warm, but it's also kind of like getting my range of motion ready for some of those things. Yeah. Um, so so that that's kind of what it looks like, and and the circuit nature of it. Means you're just getting warmer and warmer, and you're you know, by the time I finish that, you know, I wouldn't say I'm out of breath, but I'm breathing like you can tell I've warmed up because of the circuit nature of it, and I'm feeling like my range of motion is so so much better. So, that by the time I then move into the um the heels elevated dumbbell squat and walking lunge um superset, I'm already feeling pretty good for it, yeah. Um, and then the set the second part of your question for me it could be anything but the the biggest problem i've had is back injury i have a kind of um like lower back kind of um nerve impingement um that causes me a lot of problems and it's usually downstream from that that causes me problems so hamstrings tight hamstrings tight hips um tight ankles tight calves so again a lot of the dynamic warm up and a lot of the extra things i'll do like walking and like Um, Sometimes I'll just spend 10 or 15 minutes doing hip stretches is to get that lower part um, really, really warmed up. I joke with um, my PT a lot of the time because one of the injuries I got at CrossFit, I got a twinge and it knocked me out for four weeks. And the twinge came from getting off an air bike.
1: <laughs> yeah sometimes it's like, the, sometimes that goes, it's the show. That goes to show yeah. Yeah,
0: how vulnerable i can yeah. be because i got off it too quickly so i'm very careful in the transitions and stuff like that nowadays because of, of, of that specifically but yeah to answer your questions that's what the dynamic warm-up looks like and it's Is usually kind of lower back but as we as we get into some of the other things you'll realize that like shoulders and, and other things have caused me problems um yeah in, um, in the past as well due to other things that i do i have done that have been a mistake
1: so does does your dynamic warm-up differ then so it's not always the same thing it like changes depending on the type of workout that you're doing it does you yeah it changes sure depending on like 10 to 15 minutes at least yeah
0: exactly the point is yeah. it should it should be general in nature uh because you want to you want to be warming up your whole body for the most part i mean it wants to be getting you out of breath so there's a circuit nature to it but by design again and I, I you know jamie is my pt but by design you know again i'm looking at it but you can already see some of the things i'm doing in that dynamic warm-up are getting me ready for the five or six exercises that i'll be doing throughout that workout so it's sort of you know designed to be specific yeah. like, how about how about you as well like, yeah, it's, I know that it's interesting you're doing a I was... lot of the, the weighted vest stuff like what do you do for your warm-up
1: yeah so my warm-up i was, I was going to add to it it's like because i do like a 10-minute warm-up so i think just yeah. a bit of context in terms so i wake up at silly o'clock in the morning to work to work to work out so i wake up at four thirty or 5 and i normally work out from 5 till 6 or 5 30 till 6 to 8. so i've got a really tight window of time that i need yeah. to kind of get my workout in so i i, pr- I normally do about 10 11 minute w- warm-up and what's funny is, like, I do the same thing every time. I'm such a simple character. I'm so simple with my workouts and my. It's it's uh. I just your want workouts the are pretty. Your
0: workouts are pretty the same as well, right? Yeah, so maybe it works.
1: Yeah, I just I don't know. Maybe it's just because in the, the space I'm in as well with life and everything else. And I think we were having a bit of banter about this the other day when we were like messaging, where I just don't have the headspace to think about other things. It's yeah, a. Yeah. I've I've got three kids. I've got a seven-year-old, a three-year-old, a 10-month-old. I work full-time. I want to work out six days a week. I want to put it in there. And it's a, I just don't have the headspace to be thinking about different things. So I just want to know exactly what I'm doing and have the yeah. same thing every time. Because for me, it's a, I just know what I'm doing and I can get it done. So I am, the workout I do is like, it's a dynamic warm-up, but I am, I'll kind of, I do exactly the same thing. And I initially found something called, it's a guy called Joe DeFranco. Who yep, I think yep, if I we do like think. show notes and like links, it'd be really good to kind of yeah. it was called the Agile 8. Yeah.
0: And then I've he heard did the something. That, called it
1: the Limber Eleven. And yep. it was just it was like a circuit of yeah, you one to exercise to to that. Then, yeah, it's great. It was really good. And I found so I did it, but there was a couple of exercises that I didn't quite like. And then as if, I just always end up just creating my own little thing for me. So for my workout, it's exactly the same thing. I do um I do rocking, which I think is great. And it's where you're basically just on your hands and knees and you rock forward and back. And it's good for like loosening your shoulders, loosening your hips, loosening your ankles, loosening your kind of like knees. And then after that, I'll do walkouts. So when you go on your hands, and you walk up and then I can like raise upwards. Yeah, I so I'll do some walkouts um, with a squat. And so I do five of those. So it's like a push up, walk out, squat, push up, walk out, squat. And then after that, I'll do some foam rolling. So it's interesting, like you didn't mention foam rolling. So something that I do every time is I'll foam roll my ankles or my my calves even. Uh, So I'll foam roll my calves. I'll foam roll my IT band. I'll then do, I think it's called the world's greatest stretch, um, which is kind of like you're in a lunge and then you like lean backwards.
0: So that, that, that that was a stretch that I badly explained to you. Um, a second ago, it's the one where ah. you're in a lunge, right, and you, you try and get your your kind of forearm down to the floor, and then you really yep. stretch through into it. Right? Yeah, and that's yeah, the one yeah. that when I start, I'm like, that's painful to get in, and I can't get yeah. And then by the time you finished it, like you're moving much more fluid.
1: Yeah, and so I'll do that, and then I'll I'll do like a bit of jogging on the spot or like some high knees, and that's my that's my warm up done. It's like
0: nice.
1: ten minutes. I do it the same thing. Every single time, just because I'm a simple dude and I just want to yeah. know exactly what I'm doing. Um So that, that, and that really works for me. Uh So I think in terms of like the injury though, so I think the only other thing I'd add is the injuries that I've had, I've had two main injuries. So one is, oh, actually, yeah. So ankles from playing football where I just yeah. rolled them a whole bunch of times. And then my lower back from doing heavy deadlifting. And mm-hmm. I think I've done my back probably on three different occasions. Where it was re- I like, I was literally bed bound for two or three days, and I was in so much pain. And I always thought my technique was pretty decent, like my it was decent technique, but it's just that it would always be on the last set of five reps, and it's like the second or third rep towards the end after like five, and I'm just like fuck. Yeah. You just feel it go, and I'm like, oh, I've done it again, and then it's just so. I think that kind of moves on to the next bit, which I was going to kind of make, which is just I I just avoid the barbell now, yeah, for me. So I I avoid it, and I I've kind of mentioned it a few times. I just do my weighted vest workouts, just because I don't like being injured, and I don't go to a gym anyway. I don't have a massive home gym, so um for me, not doing the barbell or like the heavier lifts just really makes a big difference to like injury prevention.
0: Yeah yeah I, I i get that um yeah cuz you could you know just to explain to people your uh like just briefly your your work again it's 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 the the kind of like the, the resistance training component of your of your training is usually the same right um and it doesn't involve a barbell at all um you do it at it's home
1: it's exactly the same thing i do weighted pull ups i put a weight vest on i do pull ups on on rings and that yep. makes a difference as well because it mm. it allows a lot more flexibility with my shoulders, so I don't I don't injure my shoulders. I do dips, which I find a really low impact as well because I used to do like loads of push ups on the little like push up handles, but I found that aggravated my shoulder a little bit. Whereas I find dips don't, and I do squats, and that's it. Rinse and repeat. So pull ups, yeah. dips, so squats, <laughs> just just super simple with a weighted vest and i just i vary the number of reps i vary the volume on like different workouts so one day i'll do a really heavy volume where sometimes i'll do up to 80 pull-ups dips and like 200 plus squats the other day i'll do 30 or 40 and i just kind of vary it that way
0: yeah that match that match something i was thinking about but in a slightly different way you've decided to kind of really keep your training really simple you know, you're not using the barbell, which you, you found kind of has, has caused your injuries in the past. And that, that, the way that I thought about that, though, was that I think people find themselves doing exercises that are just particularly high risk for them or that yeah. they're not capable of. And, and yeah. that, I think that's what you're touching on. And a couple of ways that that manifested for me, like I, I try and think of, I mean, deadlifts is a great example, right? Um, I, let's just call it deadlifts and squats. I hung on to them for a long, long time. And I don't do traditional barbell squats or, or deadlifts, haven't done for two or three years because the risk, because my hamstrings are so tight, I have the back problem, my calves are tight, my ankles are, you know, my left ankle is much worse than my, my right, but there's a, there's a mobility difference between the two. It's just really, really dangerous to be front squatting, back squatting, and to be doing deadlifting. Does that mean I don't squat or do any types of deadlifts? No, I just pick safer for all my PT, pick safer versions for me. Yesterday I was doing dumbbell Romanian deadlifts um much much safer mm. for me to be able to do those um so and then you know if i just think of two other examples of, of where i've decided to just not do exercises even and i've had to let my ego go on them because i really mm. like doing them but i'm just yeah. like you can get the stimulus in a different way with hardly any of the risk one of them is double unders and that came from my crossfit for days i, I love doing double unders they just seem your like,
1: ankle or achilles
0: Uh, calf, I just get calf strains really quickly from them. And you know, it's, you have to, you know, it's a, it's a movement where there's just a lot of like compounding pressure on the, on the calves and the body because you're having to jump high on a double under and, um, there's a lot of pressure there. So now I just do, if I'm doing skipping, I do single unders or I might do single unders with a double under every five or something. I'm getting, you know, the same type of stimulus with hardly any of the risk and my calves don't get anywhere near as tight. Another example is um, handstand press-ups. You know, I used to love uh, doing handstands. So I'd hand, handstand press-up to a wall
1: wow.
0: um, and then do handstand press-ups from there. You know, um, Sometimes with a, you know, actually usually with, you know, um, going down onto a plate just to kind of, you know, make sure that I can get six to eight reps without failing. Um, but again, even just like handstanding into a wall now and doing that, There's some extra. And then as you come back down, you know, again, you hit the floor pretty hard. And I've can, i had a twinge before when I've done that. So we just don't do that anymore. But I'm doing lots of press ups and doing lots of different variations of press ups. I'm doing a lot of pressing. I'm able to get the same sort of stimulus without the wrist. So I've had to let my ego go in a lot of these exercises that, you know, they sound cool. They're part of CrossFit, which is how I used to train. But I'm just like... Yeah, I don't really see the point in having them anymore because I can get the same stimulus in different ways without the risk. Um... It's
1: it's such a good point. It's such a good point. And um, I think that so if we think if we're kind of like just trying to simplify this, we got one: do a decent warm up, right? Mm-hmm. Do a decent warm up that will help mitigate yep. kind of being risk, being injured. The second part is think about the exercise selection and the. Tools you're using, whether it's barbells, whether it's kettlebells, because there are a number of different exercises that are just so high risk. For me, it's not worth it anymore. Like the risk reward is not worth it. And I think you touched on something there, which was brilliant, which is ego. And I think like a lot of guys, in particular, have that ego. They want to lift heavy weights, and they want to go to the gym, and they want to clang some like barbells. I want to lift heavy weights. And for me, I'm just like I'm so over that because i just don't want to be injured so i won't do deadlifts anymore i just won't do them like a trap bar deadlift if i were to ever do one i I may do because it's it's slightly less impact on the lower back the um handstand push-ups that's an interesting one because i i you i would occasionally get a little twinge on like your shoulders doing it um but another thing for me is kettlebell swings is such a high risk exercise and there's a lot of people that... Yeah, are I don't do them doing, either
0: for the same thing. The hinging aspect of them is, is dangerous for my back. So Jamie rarely programs them for me.
1: So I've I found a bit of a workaround for them. So like doing normal swings so that... And I think this comes with the CrossFit world though. You do like some of the workouts just have an obscene amount of swings in them and like doing really high volume. So to me, I just think he's dumb. Like it's mm. because you get tired, your technique like falls away and the, the risk of being injured is so high. For the sake of doing kettlebell swing, I'm like, I'm not going to injure myself and do my back in for yeah. a second. It's just not worth it. But you can do something. There is a, a an exercise with the swing which is called the dead stop swing. Okay. Which is really, which I do occasionally because I do quite like that hinge movement and that explosive power movement. But you basically pick up the the kettlebell, you do a sw- one swing, and then you, you place it down again. And then you do oh, okay. one swing and you place it down again. So it doesn't have that like constant momentum yeah, piece, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is where people end up rocking. And you so, never
0: probably be quite tire yourself out to the point where you're likely to slip and make a mistake with your foot.
1: Yeah. And it's, I find it's more the momentum piece when you're doing swings. So look at me on the video. Yeah. It looks like so much when I'm doing that. It's, uh, so <laughs> that's I not think, good luck really. But... Yeah. It's, a, so I think, yeah, number two is that like really think about the exercise selection and what you're using and whether it's worth the risk reward. So. Definitely. Barbells and like the type of exercises, but also like your ego, like that piece around. Like, do you really need to squat one hundred and thirty kilos? Like, do you really need to try and go and do a double bodyweight deadlift or whatever it is? Right?
0: Yeah.
1: Is is that what you really want to do? If you are a powerlifter, one hundred percent, go for it, man. Like, it depends what you are training for. I am a forty year old dude that wants to just be fit and healthy and happy. Yeah. Be able to play around with my kids on the weekend. I don't want to be all beat up and injured. Like, and you can, so just, I you can achieve that
0: me. goal in so many different ways. and yeah. If it means not having some of the fancier stuff in there, I, I remember when I used to train CrossFit in Dublin, and the trainer there said something to me that's always stuck with me. And it's like, before you start a session, ask yourself the question: What you are doing is it going to move you away from pain? Yeah. And like that's something that always stuck in my head because if you ask yourself that question. It can manifest in so many good decisions like, hold on a minute, maybe I shouldn't go with that way. Maybe I should do a lighter one first and if it feels okay, I'll then go to the heavier one. Should I do a, you know, a double under skip? You know, even though I've been programmed wanting to do five singles and then one double, uh, I don't know, I feel good. Maybe I'll just do a couple single and then a couple double. But like, it just, it, it kind of, it makes you check your ego. Yeah. Um, because you want, to, you want to be doing things that move you away from pain or at least move you away from yeah. the risk of, of being in Great pain. Advice. Right. Um, it's, yeah. it's just a good question just to kind of like quickly check your ego.
1: Yeah. I'm going to give my brother a shout on this and he may listen to this. The guy still loves doing really heavy barbell work. So he'll go and he'll do heavy squats, he'll do heavy deadlifts. And he sends through his videos of him like squatting 120 kgs for like 10 reps. And I think he weighs 85 kilos, which is. Which is obscene. Like the guy is strong as, like he's just an ox. But I look at it. He sends me his videos, and I kind of I wince, and I am watching it, and I am like, oh, don't, don't, (laughs) (laughs) and I am just like, oh. And then I'll send him the you know the thumbs up, well done, oh, good job, good job. But more in my mind, I am just thinking, don't injure yourself, man. It's like, yeah. But he loves it, and it's a, it's also a what you enjoy or what you want to do. And again, everybody's me.
0: individual, so, so you know, I, I know some yeah. other people that um, I, I would cringe at the same type of thing, but then they just don't seem to get injured, so they're they're just like the anatomy of them is just built in a way where they're able to do something like that and not have much risk of injury. Whereas if mm-hmm. you know, if I was to squat heavy for six to eight reps, give me two weeks on a program like that, and I'll be in bed for. All, and I just know yeah. I will right so I don't yeah. do it so so th- there's a there's a third one to jump into which uh, I wanted to put on the table as well and that is doing too much of one specific thing I think yeah. it's a common mistake that yeah. I have made that causes like call it a sort of repetitive type of injury and as I started to think about examples of that the list was too long I could do a whole podcast on what's but I'll say them really quickly right so yeah. I remember at one point I was doing loads of air bike you know yeah. it, it was the only choice for cardio and my knees got so painful yeah because that motion it was just too repetitive for me I remember also uh, at one point in, in my training I was going in hard on pull-ups and I was doing a lot of volume of pull-ups and I was doing pull-ups as, as, as a big part of my uh, routine um, And I was just doing too many of them and I got really really bad tendonitis on the inside of my elbow that hung around for a long long time and then um more recently when i was in i'm just gonna
1: say you you just didn't you should have worked through the pain on the (laughs) pull-up side of it you should have just you just should have carried on and just worked through it 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 was really painful you just gotta work through it you you literally
0: touched them and 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 it was (laughs) so painful not just in the workout by the way outside of it i would i'd be in a lot of pain and the only thing that, that that caused it to go away was to stop doing them for a bit and i was just doing too many of them and When I was in America as well, I was I wanted to kind of keep active. This was like a few months ago. And I ended up doing a lot of press-ups in a compressed time frame in both the workout itself, but also doing a few of them back-to-back. And I got a shoulder niggle that was quite painful for like two months. Um, Same goes Mm. if I run too much, I get calf strains and I get more cramping. Um, I'm just like, as I look back on it, and again, this is a really individual one because I know a lot of people that can do that are just a runner and they run loads and they're fine, right? But I have definitely found that as I get older, and for me specifically, when I go in too hard on one thing, I get this kind of repetitive strain type of injury going on. So I'm always mindful of like when I'm doing cardio, I try and spread it across the bike and the bag and a little bit of running. Um, you know, and I'm just careful not to uh, not to do too much of one thing. And nowadays, because I work with a PT and he's very good at programming things, that doesn't usually happen. Actually, it usually happens when I go off script and try and do some stuff around the side and try and mm-hmm. get smart with it, which I don't do anymore because it usually gets me injured.
1: See, it's, it's an interesting point because I kind of agree, but there's, there's also a
0: way around it.
1: And okay. so I think where, where I agree is I, I got really into um, kettlebell. Work just like over a year ago, yeah. And I was doing a couple of programs that had a lot of double kettlebell clean and presses, and it was doing double kettlebell clean and presses three days a week, and working up to really heavy volumes, so like doing a hundred clean and presses in each workout. And I ended up getting pretty <laughs> sore shoulders. But it, and I kind of look at it and I, I reflect back and I think that that wasn't a sensible way of doing it because I'd never really done that many. And I went balls deep on the workout and just did it really hard for like six months and went really like high volume pretty quickly. So I think when when you are doing a just one exercise or a repetitive exercise, it's okay as long as you start really slow Mm. because that's the space I'm in now where I just love simplicity. I just want simplicity in my life when it comes to like working out and other things. So my workout is pretty much pull ups, dips, squats. But because I've I've built up slowly, and I never I never do a huge amount of volume, yeah, so super I rather good point. Yeah. I rather have like a heavier weight. So I have less 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 weight, less less volume. So I, if I did if I were to do body weight pull ups, for instance. I could probably do over a hundred in a session. And if I did that three times, you're going
0: to say over a hundred in one go. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, you're shit. <laughs> no, no,
1: no, I did my testing. I did 21. 20, I can PB at 21 on the solid, bar. Solid, solid. Really but, um, great. it's so if I were to do say over 300 pull ups a week, I'd start mm. feeling it. But because yeah. I've added a weighted vest and I, I kind of cycle the volume throughout the week. So one, one day I'll do 40, one day I'll do 60, another day I'll do 50, another day I'll do 70. Mm. It never reaches that, that volume of ridiculousness. So yeah. I, I do think it depends. So it's a, you can do the I same exercise right, yeah. continuously, but it needs to be built up slowly over time instead of going really heavy, really hard. So yeah, but the clean and press is that I definitely, when I did that for a while, it really just, my shoulders were smashed.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's a great point. Um, I think one, that's very individual to me. Uh, I, I think that I tend to get flare ups when I focus in on one thing too exclusively or do, but there's two other things I had on my list. And I know you've got, um, uh, stretching on your list, which we'll talk about in a second as well, but I think it's worth me just ticking off these two things because you've yeah. given me like the perfect segue into it. And there's yeah. also a way to give, uh, to give a compliment in the way that you train, uh, which, which I say, you know, is is very simple and super elegant. Um, and I know at one point you're going to you know, try and kind of get this out into a structured program that other people could follow. But the other two things I had on my list, which your program really deals with very, very nicely, and it probably gets you out of that specific thing. Because if I look at your routine, it's like, man, you're just hammering yourself with dips and squats and pull up. There's not a lot of variety there. So the point that I just made, I'm like, well, wouldn't you fall victim to getting injuries because you're just focused on a, a few things and doing them a lot? But the other two things I had on my list, which I think you deal with really well, is I think people get into a problem when they do too much volume. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found various ways to be able to kind of deal with that. I actually train fairly low volume. Um, I bring in deloads quite regularly. So I'm very, very careful to kind of restrict my volume and not go too hard on it. But your workouts, like, you're 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 really mindful to kind of like build up your volume over time and start at a sensible place and i know that i've seen your your tracking right and you're just really incrementally ticking up and you're being very mindful about how much volume you're doing um so they, they sound like big workouts but actually like i think you are kind of um very deliberate in your volume and then the other thing which i think is linked to um how well programmed your workout is is training to failure i think people train to failure too often Um, And nowadays, I rarely, rarely, rarely train to failure. I'm usually training at about 80% of failure. And now and again, as part of a training block, I will push close to failure to get a sense of where I am. But even then, I know it's coming with some risk to form and some risk to injury. So it it doesn't happen that often. And I think, you know, before, I used to train to failure and beyond failure every session, every week. And I think it's really hard on the body but if you think it back if i try and re- relate this back to your routine and i've seen your videos you're not trained to failure on any of that you're just ticking through it moving through it you've got enough in the tank and when you've finished you've done a reasonable amount of volume and you've trained you know uh, you've given yourself a lot of stimulus but you haven't smashed yourself with volume and you're not smashing yourself to failure either in any of that
1: no, and it's it's true. Like every time I've been injured, with because I mentioned it on my dead, deadlifts, it was when I was doing heavy weight, and it was the last few sets of like I, I was doing like five sets of five, and the five was like a, a five rep max, and I could probably do seven or eight with the with the weight. So it was definitely near the on, on the yeah. higher end of weight. But yeah, at the now, so I will the only, I don't ever train to failure in a workout. But I I test my max lifting. So Mm. what I like to do is like once every four or five weeks, I will, if I've got my weighted vest on, I will do a max set just to see what my max reps are. And then I work out my workouts based on that. So I I find that my sweet spot for me is actually training on my 40% of my max weight. So as an Mm. example, if I can do 10 reps, With the 10kg weighted vest, if I can do like 10 pull-ups, I will only do sets of four or five. I don't really train much heavier than that, and I'll just do a lot of sets instead. So I'll do like 10, 11, 12 sets. But yeah, I think that's a really good point on the the training to failure because you're tired and it's a heavier weight. It's just higher risk, and the volume piece is really really important as well. Because I, so I think so I think to loop it back though to just some of the things that we've mentioned on a few of the other podcasts, is it's around that change in mindset piece yeah, and looking at this as a long-term thing. It's a something I want to do for my health for the long term. I'm not doing a six-week cut ready for a holiday yeah, right, where I'm just yeah. going to smash myself and try and get as fit as I can for that holiday. It's a, I'm doing this because I really enjoy it and it's good for my health. So for me, it's a, I don't care how slow the process is, I'm just going to be really consistent, really sensible with my training, but just let that consistency build up. So it kind of loops in with that mindset piece of leaving the ego, not trying to smash yourself, not doing it for a short-term thing. It's a changing that mindset. I'm doing this because it's good for me. I want to do it. And, and hopefully, after what you really start enjoying it and it just becomes part of your routine where you just enjoy the process.
0: Yeah, the, the, the ego thing. Can be linked as a theme in all of these these things right these are all kind of separate things that you can think about and work out whether they individually add any risk to what you're doing and how you might want to think about them but actually your ego is attached to all of them because you know warming up for example it's kind of boring right you just want to get into kind of the, the more interesting sexy stuff same goes for training to failure and training with volume like that that just sounds a lot cooler and it's a lot more impressive right Going in and doing too much of one specific thing and just like, you know, really getting super good at something, the exercises that you're not capable of, if you're not capable of the, of the cool, sexy stuff, then it's hard to let go of it. So like, you know, that ego is kind of intertwined in all of it. I think you're right. Like if you mm. can take a step back from that and be like, you know, w- w- what matters most? Getting results and being consistent. Yeah. And you have to make decisions based on that, not what your ego is telling you that you'd like to do. And and a lot of the time I've been injured, I think my ego has kind of helped shape some of the decisions that I made that weren't good for me.
1: Every time I've been injured when weight training, it's been because of me doing something silly, Mm. like wanting to lift too heavy a weight or trying to do an extra rep or whatever it may be. It's that kind of piece. It did make me think of one other thing that I was going to mention, though, which is, if you are injured, so if you do have an injury, it's important to still do something. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is because, when was it? In October this year, I went for a run and I was sprint. I think I might have mentioned this before. I was sprinting on concrete, which is a really clever thing to do. Like downhill, <laughs> sprint on concrete. And I fell and I ended up breaking like a bone in my thumb and at the base of my thumb. And I had a cast on. For, I think it was eight weeks okay. and I couldn't do anything with my right arm but I could still do stuff so I was still doing like single kettlebell work I was doing single yeah. arm rows I was still doing squats or bodyweight squats or putting my vest on and doing weight squat so I think it's really and I I don't know why or I've read it or seen it somewhere where the body when you're working out and you're creating the the endorphins and like the, just the the the, cel- the cellular like reconstruction of like the muscles and everything it really helps improve or the rate of recovery of the injured part of your body as yeah. well so yeah, yeah. I felt that my recovery so after eight weeks and the hardest bit was actually just the mobility of like taking the cast off because my hand was stuck but my bone actually yeah. felt okay it was and I think it's because I carried on doing stuff but also for my mental health it helped me. So the only other thing I was going to add is if you are injured, try and think what can you do? Because doing something is also better than doing nothing, both physically and for your mental health. So yeah, that was another yeah. thing I was going to
0: it, I think that's right. You hear that a lot, right? You know, people have um, operations, knee operations, and you know, nowadays you're, you're shifted out the door the same day and it's like, start moving around on it, right? You don't want to be laying in bed for, for a week you know for for a few reasons right one it helps you get moving and Mm. and often a bit of movement helps loosen things up and get you back into things and it's good Uh, but also yeah like psychologically if you just stop everything you know it's so hard to get back going again so I mean if you can try and find something that you can do and work around it then at least it keeps you moving in that zone and you're you're somewhat still on the journey as well
1: yeah it was so frustrating when I was injured though 80 it
0: It's the worst. Hated it's the it, worst.
1: but I still figured something out, and it's like I'm gonna, and then I figured something out, and I set myself a little plan. I'm gonna do 15 presses, I'm gonna do like 200 squats, or whatever it was, and yeah. like I had like a tar, a target and a goal, and I was like, "That's what I'm gonna do," and then nice. I just kind of had something I could work towards. Yeah. yeah. yeah the only other thing yeah, I was gonna say on the um, stretching was, yep, I think the important, and it just links it. So there's like so many like similar things just with the consistency piece, where I don't do a huge amount of stretching, hmm. but I I do do. 10 to 15 minutes every single time I work out and I'm pretty much working out six days a week and it's that consistency of that slow steady consistent piece so doing it every day for 10 to 15 minutes has made so much more difference than me trying to do a yoga session once a week or really thinking I'm going to do like a really big mobility session of like 45 minutes to an hour once a week for me, just that consistent piece of like 10, 15 minutes of like a bit of deep stretching, some foam rolling has really made a difference. So the only kind of other piece of advice I would give on the injury prevention is consistent stretching, a bit of foam rolling and like some deep stretching, just consistently over like two or three months. That's when you start to see the magic, like in the real difference. Because the other day I was like doing a stretch. I was trying to, I tried to do a couch stretch. Because you and I have mentioned it, we've we've spoken about like the knee over toe guys, and he's he's hmm. great, and he really recommends the couch stretch for like hip flexors. And I was like, yeah. oh, I wonder how I can do it, and I did, and I was like, oh, I have, my mobility on it was so good. And like hmm. six months ago, I tried to do it, and it I, it really kind of didn't feel great. And I was just starting to think it's because over the last six months, I've been that much more consistent with my like foam rolling and like little stretching routine. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I think that's just what's made the difference. Is that 10, 15 minutes each time.
0: So I've got, so I've got two questions around that because I, I have mixed views around stretching and I'm early in the journey. So it'd be interesting to yeah. kind of get your, your view around it. Um, one, what does your stretching program look like? Yeah. Um, like what types of stretching? Because there's, there's a bunch of different ways that you can stretch. And then two, I mean, you, you gave a bit of an example of it there, but like, how do you think that that shows up in your training? That helps you and reduces uh, the risk of injury.
1: So my my stretching, I so said something I haven't added. So I do my my dynamic warm up, which mm. is so to, which is the same, and it takes ten minutes. Yeah. At the end of every workout, I do a six minute stretch. <laughs>
0: right, yeah. And I
1: yeah. know it's six minutes because I do three exercises, yeah. which last two minutes each. And one of the stretches is a it's a groin stretch. Where I, put my, where I basically put my bum up against the wall and then I put my feet up against the wall and I just stretch them outwards. So you're kind of doing the yep. splits against the wall and you let gravity yep. kind of take its toll. And I hold that for two minutes and it's like a, a deep stretch. The other one I do is for, actually it's eight minutes that I do. So I'll do, a oh, it's really hard to explain the stretches. I'll have to like do a video <laughs> or something where I'm basically staying in the same position But I put one knee, one foot over the other knee and my foot against the wall. So you're kind of like stretching your, the back of your hip and I I hold that that for like two minutes and it's just a real deep stretch, which is at the back of your, Hip and like that kind of like glute. Yeah, I think that's, that sounds thick. like
0: a hip stretch. I think I do, yeah. that. Um, which you is, can do that. You can do that sat down or you can do it against a wall as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you I basically do push the, down on it. Yeah, really exactly. Yeah, like the hips that one. Out. Yeah, I don't and know. And it's
1: one where you can do like some foam run or you get a ball and it's like in that little knot of right in your, like just on the side yeah. of your bum, which like really feels painful and it gives that a stretch. And then I'll do a couch stretch for a minute. So like right. of my, and that's it. And I okay. just, and I, so it's really little upper body actually, which is when I think I don't really do a huge amount of it's just my lower body, because that's where I find my groin sometimes hurt my hips. And that's my stretching routine. And I've been doing that pretty consistently for the last few months. And I I feel pretty loose with it. Again, I just think it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah, it's like pick three things. And just do them consistently. like six minutes every day
0: putting them at the end of your workout is nice as well because it, it feels less like an, a separate thing that you do and it's just part of your workout right um yeah i so i think that's pretty smart um i, I we'll, we'll see how that goes for me as well right yeah. um I, th- I think the the idea there is that you kind of slowly start to increase your range of motion over time which yeah. just helps you know which we know that you know a lot of kind of injuries are down to kind of a reduced range of motion and that's where you end up getting a twinge or something um i'm i'm using uh the app pliability um it was renamed pliability from uh, ROM mm-hmm. one but it's it's basically very very similar to what one. you mentioned yeah. right so you get like a daily um you get a daily stretch these sessions are usually 18 to 20 minutes so it is a separate thing you do but I was, i'm starting to do it in the evenings with the new yeah. routine that i'm on and it just means that you yeah it's Pretty much, as you said, these are like static stretches ranging from anywhere from one minute to four minute for each hole, um, usually four or five different exercises that, that last over 18 to 20 minutes. Um, and the good thing about that app as well is if you just do it daily. You know, they, they obviously have a programming side to it. So you kind of like cover all bases throughout the course of a week. And you just don't need to think about it. You just put it on. It's got a great video. You've got models doing the, the stretches and there's breathing built into it and stuff like that. So that's that's how I'm Is approaching it naked, it. naked um, models? Not naked models, no. I'm sure. I'm sure you can find a version, <laughs> a version, a version of that if naked you want. Um, I'll put, i put, put pliability into the into the show notes, and um, yeah. if you send me your your naked versions, I'll, I'll stick them in too. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I'm on I'm on the fence. Like my uh my PT usually says it's not going to hurt you, get it done. But what's more important is the dynamic warm ups and and the actual kind of strengthening um and the strengthening and the mobility that happens in the sessions themselves rather than the static stretching that usually happens as part of a cool down or outside of it so he's always been like it's the icing on the cake it's not that a fundamental piece um but i I will say when i finish it i feel really nice so i'm I'm not gonna gonna see how it goes
1: i really think it's fundamental honestly and I've heard
0: other people say that too, as well. Yeah,
1: it's because like, Goggins been, is a
0: guy that, right, yeah. that raves about that. I mean, yeah. he talks about his two or three hour a day stretch yeah. marathons, right? <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah, look, that's that's yeah. that's the Goggins level, and I don't think anybody needs to be trying to do two or three hours. But he has mind you, that guy gets injured every other day but then he also does some pretty crazy stuff right but he's talked okay. about how important static stretching is yeah to i, I really do
1: think the static stretching is important because since i've in- included these three different exercises i do feel so much looser on my hips like my hips yeah. and my legs and everything just feels so much looser so i i would say with it like even even if it's 15 minutes five days a week yeah and, and doing, doing it really consistently for six weeks, you will 100% see such a difference. I like, you yeah. really will with like the deep stats. And I, I really like, I think Romwood, that's really good because it gives you something to, it's structured, it's there and it's kind of like 10, 15 minutes. And I mean, splitting it up in the evenings ideal. If I, if I could like find, be, if I can be disciplined enough to do like a 15-minute stretch in the evening whilst watching Netflix or whatever it is. I've never, been, I've never is. been
0: disciplined in my whole life to do that. And I've tried a thousand times before. Yeah. So I have no idea why I believe that this time might be different.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean,
0: but we'll see. I've done it the last two days. And because I've started yeah. this new program. Um, and I also, I just really like how it feels. Like in the evening, doing this kind of 15-minute piece it really winds you down in the evening you feel really good it is they they do a lot of breathing um uh, rhythm stuff in it as well so it's kind of like there's some breath work involved in it too and then there's usually a two or three minute lie down at the end which is just they call it rebound where you basically just like let your body settle down and i'm like it's a very very nice thing to do before bed and i would like to make that um I must i um, sleep a like a baby routine. after that it's like yeah, a meditation
1: uh, that sounds sleeping better great. now
0: versus the last three or four weeks but, um yeah we'll uh <laughs> we'll see the jury's out maybe um i tell you what, like at some point we'll try and weave that back into one of the podcasts like yeah. how did that actually go look like so,
1: better than how it went like four weeks yeah, later yeah, I mean, something I mean, trying are getting it out. benefits
0: like, from it i'm interested to, to see i, how that I really well. am like and even
1: it's just like six to eight minutes has made such a difference over the past couple yeah. of months really does
0: um I'll say one thing, which is it doesn't, we don't necessarily need to go into it a lot of detail and then we'll do a bit of a recap on, on the stuff we talk. Because we've talked about kind of six or seven like pretty fundamental things, which are, I think are going to be good things for people to have a think about and work out which ones are relevant for them and how they might tackle each one. Yeah. The other thing that I've found is that most of the stuff we have talked about is connected to programming you know, not warming up, training to failure, too much volume, too much of one specific thing, exercises that are too risky for you. They they all come down to, if you have, if your programming is good, you will usually deal with those things. Um, and by programming, I mean, you know, obviously the way that your program is set up. So like we talked about yours, you do your own programming. You set your own workouts. You mm-hmm. have kind of established this workout of dips and squats. And by doing it, you know you do warm up you're not training to fail it like you're, you're thinking about a lot of these things and your program takes it into account i go a slightly different route in the i use a personal trainer who um i think is of the of the sort of mindset that, that i'm looking for and he knows me very well and he knows my goals so he lays out everything for me um and i think that that's worth thinking about because either one you can do your own programming and you've been training for 20 years and you're very educated and you know your own body right so you're able to program for yourself very effectively most people can't most people don't and and they will any program that they try and whip up or that they just grab from the internet is probably going to drift them into many of the mistakes that we've just talked about so i think that either finding a good personal trainer um because actually if i think about the biggest thing that stopped me being injured is having a personal trainer because those things get taken into account because i've got a very smart person that understands me and can do that stuff well if i had to now go back to training uh for programming myself i think i would make some mistakes and i would get dragged down some of those alleyways now so um i think that's just something to think about not everybody can necessarily afford or is in a position to be able to have a personal trainer there's a bunch of really really good programs you can now sign up to um online just pay a a monthly sub and you have some of the smartest athletes and people that are doing the programming themselves and look it's not personal to you but they're very smart and holistic in the way that the programs work um there's a few really good ones which we can we can put in the show notes for people to kind of take a look at but yeah i think that's just what's something that's worth thinking about ultimately the quality of your program will usually solve for most of the things we've talked about and if you're at the beginning of the journey, or you're not particularly educated, you'll make a lot of these mistakes, and you won't know about it. So um, it's worth seeing. Yeah, if don't, you grab don't a dive straight the in. Or don't dive right don't in and try and yeah
1: do something. And I, I think that what we've touched on as well, though, is like the importance of a of a, of a decent stretch and getting warm beforehand. Mm-hmm. Not omitting that. So if everyone just kind of thinks, "I'm going to do that beforehand," that'll make a difference. I think a lot of the things that we've touched on, actually, even if if somebody doesn't have a really specific program, they they could just be mindful of it. So one, if it's if
0: if you're self aware of it, right? Yeah, that's that's half the battle.
1: Two, don't don't train to failure or lift lift to uh yeah, train to failure. Don't lift. Try try and think about your ego. You're not 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 trying to impress anyone and do the extra bits. Um, what else did we mention?
0: so uh so yeah like so we talked about one like i said good di- a good warm-up um we talked about uh doing dangerous exercises that you're not capable of and at and, yeah. and too high risk for you we talked a little bit about too much of one specific thing in a repetitive nature yeah then we got into kind of uh training with too much volume and training to failure um and there was the use of the barbell that was also connected to um, exercises that perhaps are too high risk for you. And then the stretching component too. And then I mm-hmm. think you're right, l- like linked to all of that is a sense of your ego. And I think if you can step back from your ego, then you're much less likely to be dragged into those areas and make poor decisions. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, Good summary. I can't believe we've spoken about stretching and injury prevention for like almost an hour. 50.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, we kept funny. it under an hour, right? And that seems yeah. to be the goal. So, we're, so we're doing good. And I think just
1: um, to the only just to kind of like the recap and just the final bit in it is, we yeah. are older dudes now. Like yeah, we're exactly. both in our forties. It's a we you really need to be mindful of these things, and spending that extra little bit of time, that 10 15 20 minutes before or after your session, will will keep you in it for the long game and being able to stay consistent as opposed to being in and out of injuries and hating yourself and not being able to maintain it
0: because yeah. so we're yeah, all 100%. boys we're not the
1: young whippersnappers we were once
0: <laughs> 100% these things just become incrementally more important the, the mm. older you get 100% cool alright we'll wrap there
1: good one